0: Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of Reimagining Cyber with Stan and Rob here. And Stan, today we're going to cover a topic around threat hunting that really drives off of a recent report coming out of the University of Victoria in British Columbia, which is really focused on the role and how it's evolved of a threat hunter, the different personas, some of the specific value points that they need to take into consideration, how it's matured over time as well. So Stan, let's jump into that conversation.
1: Yeah Rob, I, I do think this is a, a great topic for us to to focus on because I think threat hunting has become an indispensable part of cyber defense. and you know when when you look at a report like this that gives you that 360 perspective of, of a, a job function, it's a good one to latch on. and I'll I'll dive in with you know they, they, the report starts with sort of like the definition of what the role is. and you know, again, also sort of goes into the workflow or the day of the life of a threat hunter. And threat hunting is is all about being proactive and creative and detecting and analyzing security anomalies before they become bigger problems. And it's fascinating how, honestly, the function has of uh, threat hunting has evolved over the years. It's, it used to be very manual and reactive, right? And, and now mm-hmm. it's become much more proactive and an automated discipline I, it, it's it, it's a huge shift and you know part of it re- is a reflection of how quickly the threat landscape has changed as well right because the the volume and the velocity of these threats we we we've, we've got to evolve our function and how we're detecting them effectively as well and the report gets into like a day in the life of of a threat hunter and it starts by reviewing alerts from automated systems they, they prioritize these threats based on severity, which is, is no small task, and again, given the volume of data they have to work with. And these prioritizations are crucial because it helps them focus on what's most dangerous at that moment. And it's not just about working solo. I mean, there's integration of threat intelligence that's key to incorporating in to understand the real-time threat picture and anticipate what attackers are going to be doing as far as their tactics and techniques. That makes your, your hunting more effective as well. Another thing that was highlighted in the report was how collaboration plays a significant role in effective threat hunting. And team-based hunting sessions are where the magic happens, you know, allows the, the sharing of knowledge and, and strategies and insights. And, of course, there are a lot of challenges, and, and, and I think you're going to get into that next, is, you know, how, how you know, the, the role can be challenging and mistakes can be made. Uh, they, I mean they they have to to filter through vast amounts of data, um, looking yeah. for these genuine threats and and sometimes that doesn't always work out, right? But again, I, I do think the role itself is here to stay. um there There are a number of companies that are standing up threat hunting capabilities, and those that are unable to stand it up and find the resources themselves are leveraging services to do that. So what are some of these yeah. these challenges?
0: Definitely. So so I think, you know, as you were saying, Threat hunting's been around for quite some time now, plus ten years, and it started kind of as a side effort where people were just realizing that there wasn't a lot of you know opportunity always in defined kind of alerts that come out of their security tooling. And what it came down to really was you're looking for things that you're kind of building logic and rules to identify when they occur. So it's kind of having this perspective of this particular type of security incident may occur at some time. Therefore, you know I'll write the rules to be able to detect when they do, flag those, and then kind of work through how I deal with that particular incident, which is great. Right. But then there's the aspect of, again, well, what else is sitting out there in the wild? And that's kind of where this, you know, really initiated from the the role of the threat hunter. But as you said, right, there are many challenges um, and, and some mistakes, of course, that you go along the way, but you learn from those. And so some of those definitely tie into just the vast amount of information that's available Uh, which particular systems and applications, you know, details are you looking at to be able to try to get the best kind of concise view into the environment. So, you know, as they've kind of matured through this process, you mentioned earlier, a lot of it started off obviously Mm manuals. There's better tooling, which I know we'll get into as well. That's come into the picture that's helped alleviate some of those, those challenges. But again, a lot of it does come back into, you know, what are kind of some of the particular types of actions that we're seeing in the environment that kind of maybe lead to more than what we're being told, right? So there could be some sort of alert that's taken place. You know, again, you work through that, but then you say, well, geez, does it actually potentially exist in these other places? So again, this has come into kind of play as it relates to just how we deal with prioritizing the types of information that we're going to go and hunt for in that role, but also it's how do we communicate effectively, right? So there's, there's this kind of aspect of the threat hunters working from a technical perspective, but then also tra- translating that to kind of the business logic, if you will, mm-hmm. right? So who are some of the key stakeholders that they're engaging with? What are some of the key attributes of information that the threat hunters need to think about as they're looking for more kind of you know targeted potential attacks for that particular part of the organization? And just translating all that back into, again, how they become much more effective in their approaches to, to doing more threat hunting.
1: Right, and you you mentioned the tools that they're going to have available to them, and that, actually, that arsenal of tools that they have at their disposal is pretty incredible, right? You know, threat hunters have everything from high tech analysis platforms to basic apps that are just jotting down notes, and these tools help them cut down on the grunt work and and bring a level of stability to an often unpredictable world of of cybersecurity that we're in, right? But it's not all smooth sailing for them. I mean, they, the, the main snag that the report highlights is that getting these tools to play nice together—it's mm-hmm. like imagining trying to coordinate a team where everyone speaks a different language, right? right. It, it's it can be a real challenge. And sometimes there's, you know, grappling with tools that have more style than substance, and making the and it makes their job a little tougher. They look nice, but they really nothing <laughs> underneath it. And then there's, you know, each tool has their pros pros and cons, and it. And it's picking the right tool for the right job. And sometimes they've got to be creative and create their their own scripts sort of to glue these things together, right? And there's the, the you know, the the challenge of getting these tools to, to work as one. Um, and, and again that the idea of a a puzzle that you're trying to solve that has mismatched pieces, um, and and getting these tools to work well together, you know, when, when it does work and or you get an aspect of your whole tool chain to, to work effectively. It's probably like the, the clouds parting and everything comes clear, right? They can, yeah. they can be more effective. Another thing that may be easy to forget is compliance is another part of that puzzle, right? It's, it's not just that the tools have to be effective in finding the bad guys, but they also have to potentially think down the line for any kind of legal action that may be taken. So they have to have mm-hmm. chain of custody and and do those kind of things right to ensure that they're on the right side of the law while keeping the, the bad guys at bay, right? So there's there's that aspect of the tooling and how they use them. And, and looking ahead, the report highlights um, the emerging tech around blockchain and quantum computing. And, you know, it's going to shake things up even more. And these advancements are, are, are promising, you know, the new frontier of how threat hunters are going to be able to tackle these kind of threats, which, which is exciting, but also kind of daunting, as far as some of the possibilities. So, you know, there's a a lot in the report about different types of tools, including open source tools that are available and how they're being used. But I, I think that the bottom line is that each team has to sort of identify what works best for them and they have to keep evolving their tool set based on what's out there as well as what they're finding most effective.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Now, as you move from kind of, you know, the teams working from a tooling perspective together, as you talked about, right, putting those pieces of the pie together, and okay, we've got something here, very, very targeted, very detailed. There's also the other thing that was called out within the report is a focus around the collaboration mm-hmm. and learning within the threat hunting teams. Again, over time, you know, you learn a lot. So when you think about that, there's the effectiveness as it relates to the security kind of subject matter expertise and how they have a sense of obviously what to look for, identify these different things that are of interest, and then further investigate. But what's been interesting as well is that people that are getting pulled into threat hunting rules aren't always coming from the security side of, or even a technology side mm. of uh, kind of a background, right? And, and I know we've had a discussion on this topic in the past, which is, one, this, this serves as another opportunity to get into cybersecurity. So the idea is that, you know, if you are an individual who is very much kind of inquisitive, you know, really like to investigate, very kind of thought provoking and, and and not just kind of, okay, I'm going to follow this normal line of kind of step one, two, sequentially process in my investigation. I'm going to go outside the box and and I'm going to think much differently. You need,
1: you need that kind so, of perspective and, and curiosity, right?
0: You do. You need that type of mindset approach to be able to come in here and think. And, 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 You know, just look for the things that people similarly are not looking for, and and sometimes, right in the security world, you know, again, that SME is 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 so focused in kind of what they know and what they understand that they're not thinking maybe about these other things, not because they can't, but just because they're so focused on the traditional approaches that they've taken. So I think again, this expands the scope for an insertion of uh, additional people looking to get into cybersecurity because it is about the collaboration, right? So maybe they're not going to be a technical individual to start, or if at all, but their mind. Thinking helps the threat hunting approach. The other thing that's important in the collaboration side of it is, and this goes back to, again, just kind of, you know, information sharing, knowledge sharing, you know, with other organizations as well as other entities such as, you know, within the the, the public sector is once they as a threat hunter come across something of interest, something brand new, right? So maybe a new uh, malware value variant that they've come across. It, it's helpful, obviously, for them. But of course, it's helpful for others. So, somehow to be able to share that type of information back. Right. So, others can actually say, hey, this is something I also need to be investigating for. And you even talked about this earlier, right? It, threat hunting has evolved to the point where there are, uh, for the past several years now, threat hunting services available for many different organizations, right? So, again, kind of that interrelationship of working amongst themselves, but also working a, in partnership with maybe a threat service provider that's going through and looking for different things. But again, how do we help one another back into the public sector? I think is part of that equation think, as well. I
1: think a, a, a typical scenario could be that you don't have that capability in-house. You bring on board a right. third party. And part of that is to help grow your your capability in-house over time. Definitely. So your your third party hopefully is enabling you to, to bring on the right people. They may actually transfer, depending on your agreement with that third party, resources over to you to be able to jumpstart your own capability. Cause over you know, you may not be able to afford over time outsourcing that function. But I, I think, you know, one of the things that the report also highlighted was the behavioral aspects of this role as well as how you manage a team of threat hunters. Let's face it, they're special people, right? You mentioned that yeah. they had to be curious. They 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 are they are potentially a handful to handle as well. Yeah. But you know, I, I think that you know one of the aspects is the the experience is critical in building up a, a hunter's confidence. And, mm-hmm. and and you know this, that the, the more time you're doing something, the more time you're in the trenches, the better you get at, at doing something. In this case, you get better at spotting and neutralizing threats. And so the more time they're in the role, I think the more confident they become. And it's not just about having a sharp eye and you know, looking for those anomalies, but also about You know, having that right mindset and, and, uh, you know, threat hunters have that are the epitome of that proactive, curious, creative thinkers, as you talked about a second ago, right? And they, and they hopefully, again, you're finding folks that have a passion about solving problems and, and, and ultimately protecting the organization. So there, there may be other aspects of, of this that are also motivators like financial rewards and recognition. But, I, I, you know, that's an aspect of it is just ability to solve problems. And I think, you know, I, I think that thrill, the chase and the satisfaction of, of safeguarding guarding assets and the sort of the joy of, of sharing that knowledge with others. I mean, we know some threat hunters in our organization, right? And they, they, right. They, they do a great job of sort of like anonymizing what they've done and being able to share out what they've discovered. And you can tell that they have pride. In the sense of, yeah, yeah, we we caught this by doing these it's techniques. Wonderful. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah it's it's cool, right? And they like sharing that out. And now, when you think about managing these kind of unique individuals, it comes with its own set of challenges. And you know the managers have to sort of like nurture the proactive and and creative you know culture within the team and and set the right priorities and help keep those communication lines open. Also, with the executive side of the house too, to help ensure that they understand the value, right of this function. I mean, so it's it's a it's a combination of keeping the cats <laughs> curious with what they're doing and giving them the the tools that they need to be able to be effective, but also sharing out success stories uh, to make sure that 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 the executives understand the the importance of this. And so, I think another another thing that was highlighted, and I'd agree a hundred percent, is diversity. And inclusion stands out as helping build in a more resilient hunting team. You know, bringing together a range of different perspectives to help mm-hmm. enrich the team's approach to how they solve problems. And because you're going to have to have different perspectives. And going back to your point about collaboration, right? And how the team has to work together. If you have everybody with the same viewpoint or the same way of solving problems, you're not going to you're not necessarily going to see every kind of threat. Right. So you have to have those different perspectives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The different things. And I think back to your managerial perspective, it's it's from from the management side of it for the program, for the third hunting program, kind of keeping them in check with what you know the value is of 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 what they provide to the organization is critically important. So they keep on being um, you know, invigorated to go do more. How you translate that back into the business side and the value of, of hey, here's what's going on, because it's tough, right? In some situations where they may not find something for a very long time, but when they find something, it's typically of high priority, high concern, high risk to the organization. So there's a lot of value, obviously, behind the efforts and work that they've done and they're doing today that, again, that management role over the top needs to be able to properly translate back into the business for, again, continued support, funding, right, further investment going on, more tooling, more people, um, so again, it, it is maturing. I think the report did a great job of kind of painting the picture of this evolution, but focused on the different personas. So we'll obviously attach that as a, a link for people to take advantage of and de- dig in deeper. Stan, good conversation today on the threat hunting aspects of where things have evolved over the past several years. And just for people to understand, there is true value in doing threat hunting within your organization.
1: And, and again, as you pointed out, there are many different ways in which you can get into this role, right? But I mean, there there is the formal education track, but I think the experience aspect of it is key. And so if you are a SOC analyst today and you have that kind of mindset and curiosity, you may be a good candidate for this kind of role. And so look for ways in which you can get an entree into that function, because I think this is going to be, a very rewarding field for many years to come because let's face it the threat actors are going to continue to switch things up and we need hunters to find these more advanced kind of attacks
0: absolutely well until next time stan it's been a pleasure likewise hello producer ben here and rob talked about how reimagining cyber has previously looked at the issue of recruiting cybersecurity professionals For example, there's episode 42, called The Unconventional Way to Build a Cyber Talent Pipeline. One of the guests was Jim Routh, who's led security programs at American Express and JP Morgan Chase. In a scarce market, you hire talent when you find it, not when you need it. And so what you do is you create an evergreen job requirement or, you know, posting that says, you know, we're always open, (laughs) we're always recruiting, whatever your interests are, come talk to us. You keep it as generic as possible. You don't make it specific and say these 14 certifications are fundamentally required for this job. You basically do the opposite. You say, let's see, can you fog a mirror? Okay, yeah, yeah, we'd like to talk to you, you know, literally, because you're just trying to evaluate the one thing you can't teach, which is intellectual curiosity. That was Jim Routh, Thanks for listening to Reimagining Cyber. If you've got any ideas on what topics we can cover, then do let us know via the review section on Apple Podcasts, or you'll find our email address in the show notes.